Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? This is Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast, only here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? And once again, welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you for the LME Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Very happy to have you here for yet another week of the LMU Basketball Podcast. Uh, if you're following us, know you can find us on any of your favorite directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can also rate and review us. Five stars would always help out. Uh, please subscribe to the show as well, and be sure to follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cast as we get the show going. Unfortunately, it's the end of the season for the Lions as they fell in the semifinals of the Roman College Basketball Invitational Tournament uh, at South Florida in a hard-fought game back on Thursday night in Tampa. It was a 56-47 to final to bring a close to the LMU season, uh, but what a season it has been for LMU. 22-12 and 12 is the final tally in the win-loss column for the Lions. And uh, just really uh, a really fun and exciting season for the Lions this year. And especially considering coming off of last year where they won just 11 games to double that win total and go up to 22 wins, which is not only just a good season, it's a great season. And for anyone you know, feeling a little bit down that the Lions lost in the semifinals or didn't quite get where they thought they would go, this is a fantastic year for the Lions and you look at just historically for LMU it's the third highest win total or tied for the third high, third highest win total in program history you got to go back to the two NCAA tournament teams at the end of the 80s and 90s in the Bo Kimball Hank Gathers era 1987-88 excuse me 28 wins and then of course the 89-90 season where the team got to the Elite Eight 26 wins the 22 for this team is the third most as mentioned uh, that dates back to the 1948-49 team. So the third most wins in program history. There is so much to be happy and proud of with this group and just being around them uh, so often this season, traveling with them, and, of course, announcing all the games. Uh, they really worked hard up and down from, of course, head coach Mike Dunlap to every single person on his coaching staff and, of course, the players who put in so much work to improve, not only from last year, but just game-to-game, game, practice to practice this season. It was really something that was special to watch, and uh, there's you know absolutely nothing to hang your head about with this group. They should be extremely proud of the effort they had this season, every single win that they put on the board this year, and even in some of the tough losses, the way they competed. they were There was never a night off for this team in terms of their attitude, their preparation. They were always prepared, uh, and this has been a great season. So on this week's show, we're going to, of course, kind of break down the final game uh, for, uh, in that game versus South Florida. We mentioned last week, if you were with us, when we talked to LMU strength coach uh, Jordan Alcantar, we were filming that or recording that rather in Tampa just before the game against South Florida. So we got you caught up on that a little bit, but we'll take you through the game against South Florida. And then also thought it'd be really nice now with the season having come to a close to give you some of my favorite calls uh, that I was able to make during the season, my favorite moments uh, they were able to catch and record. Uh, to give you a couple of those uh, take you through some of the excitement of the season. So 
why we didn't have recordings from every single important game in the year. Uh, a few notable exceptions. Didn't have the stuff from the win at Georgetown or the win in Jamaica versus Georgetown, the win at UNLV. But there are some really exciting moments that we'll get to you in just a little bit. But uh, really happy to have you here. We're going to just take it, take you through that uh, solo. And then next week, we'll be back with another great guest in the following weeks again. So even though we're in the off season now, technically for Lions basketball, it's not the off season here on the LME Basketball Podcast. So still a lot of great stuff we're going to have several fantastic guests who are going to give you their insight at their time at LMU and, and their thoughts on the team. So be sure to stay with us here during the summer uh, and the offseason for LMU basketball because we've got a lot uh, still to come here. So as mentioned, we're going to get you kind of the recap of the LMU South Florida game uh, for the Lions. It was their third game in the semifinals in the Roman College Basketball Invitational. Uh, and, and it was a trip on the road for the Lions and it was a very quick trip at that or quickly planned trip at that as the Lions beat Brown on the past Monday night and then they had to plan to fly out across the country to Florida on Wednesday to get ready for that game on Thursday so with such short notice rather than being able to travel with the entire travel party and team as one is normal uh, the team is split up into three groups to travel and uh, you know instead of a direct flight as normal you know a couple connections Uh, group one I believe had to go through Pittsburgh, Group 2 went through Houston, and Group 3, which I was a part of along with Jordan Alcantar, the trainer, and a few others, uh, we went through uh, Washington, D.C., but we all made it there, all made it to Tampa, Florida, uh, and we're able to get ourselves situated and ready for that game on Thursday against South Florida, and it was really an interesting game. It was a, a defensive grinded kind of battle, which is not out of the norm for those two ball clubs. LMU, of course, one of the better defensive teams, not only in the West Coast Conference during the year, but in the entire country. Uh, and South Florida similarly really plays a kind of hectic defensive style. They like to gamble a lot. They like to cause turnovers and get out in transition and kind of muck the game up that way as well. So uh, that was really represented in the halftime score between the two. It was tied at the half, which is 22 to 22. So, you know, really low scoring, kind of ugly first half of basketball with both teams obviously right there in a tie ball game. Uh, and then in the second half, it was really a game of run. South Florida. Uh, went on a big-time run, a couple of fouls behind the three-point line, a four-point play, another foul allowing three shots from the free-throw line, kind of helped them build their lead, uh, and they pushed it up to 15, uh, but the Lions were able to rally pretty much right back right away, and they cut the lead all the way down to three, and then it was kind of nip and tuck there the rest of the way out. South Florida was able to make a few plays down the stretch to fend off the Lions and win the ball game, and uh, it was it was tough for the Lions in the sense of the free-throw disparity was just monstrous and sometimes that happens when you're on a road floor and you don't want to blame it on the officials there's obviously other things the Lions could have done better they only shot 40 percent from the field overall but the free throw disparity really was the biggest key in the game because South Florida only shot 40 percent as well both teams didn't shoot it particularly well from behind the arc LMU was 5 of 15 from three-point range South Florida was just 3 of 17 but the free throw line is everything in this ball game 15 of 23 from the line for South Florida and two of six for the Lions. So that's a enormous free throw disparity, and it played huge in the ball game. South Florida was able to make really all their plays down the stretch outside of a couple baskets were just getting to the line and kind of fending off the Lions that way. And LMU unable to make, you know, kind of the big shots down the stretch. It was a, not their best offensive performance, obviously, with just the 47 points. Uh, no one scored in double figures. Both Markison and Bateman had nine points. But uh, for the Lions, again, as always, as all year long, their defense really held them in the ballgame and gave them a chance to win. 
uh, and it just wasn't quite enough with that free throw disparity. But as we said, uh, what a season for the Lions overall. 22 wins, and while it wasn't James Bateman's finest game in his career, what what a stint for him in his Lion tenure. Just two years, over 1,000 points, averaged a little over 16 points of all game this season, and the final game for him, Jeffrey McClendon, and Peter Herman, all of whom had such tremendous impacts for the Lions in different ways. Bateman, of course, is the point guard, the team leader, the scoring leader, the assists leader, the steals leader. Jeffrey McClendon, just a, a pest on defense, such a lockdown defender and making it so tough on you know the best perimeter players and other teams. And, and Peter Herman, just really a, a tribute of persistence for him, someone who came in kind of raw in his freshman and sophomore year and developed tremendously uh, and then had to battle back from that missing really a full year off a knee injury and he came on really strong at the end of the year which is great to see for him you know fifth year senior after missing an entire year to to come all the way back and not only play but play a big factor late in the season when the Lions kind of hit their stride uh, it was really great to see for Peter so for James Jeffrey and Peter they will be sorely missed for sure for the Lions and uh, you know they should be commended for what they've done not only on the court but just as great individuals representing the Lions and the LMU community so obviously we, we wish all of them the best and we'll hopefully be able to catch them up and potentially get them here on the podcast in the future as well but as mentioned the Lions final total in the year 22 and 12 and as mentioned before we want to get you some of our favorite moments from the LMU season so we're going to take you through some of those we're going to start with one earlier in the season kind of toward the end of non-conference it might have been the most exciting ball game of the entire season but LMU against a good Boise State team that had I don't know if you can quite say had their number but Boise State had beaten LMU each of the four past years in a row all of them by single digits three of them by one or two so again right down to the wire the Lions after leading the entire game give up a basket near the end of the game with about six seconds to go before James Bateman was able to come to the rescue. So here's that finish from a very incredible game between LMU and Boise State. Check it out. Nine, another opportunity for the Broncos. Dickinson gets it into Williams at the rim, and he lays it in with 6.3 to go. Lions have a timeout. They get it into Bateman. Bateman quickly up the floor. Four seconds to go, all the way to the rim, to the basket. Gets it in with one second to go. Jessup fires from half court at the buzzer. Lions win! James Bateman, 30-point career high, and the Lions steal the game back. James Bateman, 30 points in a game winner, and the Lions are 11-1. James Bateman to the rescue. And what a finish here for the Lions. So James Bateman, as he often did through his two years with the Lions, came up huge in that scenario for LMU. As you heard in that call, it pushed the Lions to 11-1 at that time. They, of course, started the year 8-0, 11-1, best start in program history. And that moment, one of the most exciting of the entire season. And James Bateman, as we mentioned, what a fantastic career that he had for the Lions in that game. As we said, one of the most exciting of the year. And you look at just what it meant for the Lions at that time, and we kind of talked about just the the start for LMU, and to go from 11 wins last year, and then you get 11 before conference play even starts in this one off that exciting win, and you look prior to that, some of the quality wins that this program had opening up the year at UNLV with a 61-50 to victory, 
when you get a win versus Cal State Northridge, who ended up playing some postseason. Of course, the Jamaica Classic, you go undefeated, win that tournament, beat Georgetown, led by the legendary Patrick Ewing in that squad, which had a pretty good season and made it to postseason as well. Ohio University took down them. And you know, really just exciting games up and down the board. Central Connecticut, Florida A&M, and then uh, you know, suffered their first loss at UCLA, were able to bounce back with some quality road wins with Cal State Fullerton and Portland State, and then that led to that moment against Boise State where James Bateman with the, the game winner, Mike Dunlap electing not to go with the timeout, and it worked perfectly. Bateman got the head of steam up the floor, made a tough layup in traffic, and helped the Lions to their 11th win at that time. And as we know now, that would be just half of their win total, 22-win season. So Bateman came to the rescue there. And that was something that is said not uncommon for him and the Lions. And so we go to our next clip from the season. It's one that we actually played here on the podcast uh, about a month back when James Bateman reached a milestone of a thousand points in his career. But that's such a significant moment for for him and his teammates were so happy for him. Got to give it to you again. So on the road at Pacific near the end of the regular season, James Bateman with a thousand points and the shot a big one to extend the lead to seven points in the final minute to kind of secure that victory on the road at Pacific. So once again, it's James Bateman providing a big moment for the Lions with scoring his 1,000th career point. Here it is. 1-12 remaining. Shot clock now. Down to 10 as Bateman backs it out, working 1-1 against Brandon McGee. Down the middle of the lane. High-floating runner. Banks it in! James Bateman with 1,000 on his career, and he makes it a seven-point lead for the Lions, 59-52. So Bateman in just two years of basketball, over a 1,000 points. Incredible accomplishment for him there, helping the Lions secure another victory. As you mentioned, that one was on the road against the Pacific Tigers, and that came in February, February 23rd to be exact, in a 63-56 win for the Lions. And that'll take us to the very next game. It was senior night for the Lions against Santa Clara. LMU trailed by 20 points in the second half made a thrilling, miraculous rally to not only come all the way back, but to secure it off and win the basketball game. And a wild sequence at the end of the game, not a game winner like the Boise State game, but uh, a play of hustle for the Lions, a scrap for an offensive rebound off a miss when the Lions were holding on to just a tenuous one-point lead. So that exchange, and then also the last defensive stand for the Lions to win that ball game and hold on to win by two. So here's that exciting moment from LMU taking down Santa Clara in a game that had big conference tournament implications in terms of seeding. And of course, it was senior night for the seniors, Bateman, McClendon, and Herman. McClendon big in this rebounding scenario as well. So check out this play from LMU against Santa Clara. Into the right post to Caruso. Cross the middle lane, little push up, miss it from four feet away, and the Lions get the rebound. Caruso had a bunny at the rim and he missed it. And the Lions have the ball with a 10-second differential between game and shot clock. 30 seconds in the game clock, 20 on the shot clock. And the Lions with a one-point lead looking for another basket here. As Bateman winding down clock at the near sideline. 10 on the shot clock now. Bateman holds near midcourt. Crosses over on the dribble. Steps back. Kicks it out. Left corner for Douglas. Four on the shot clock. Douglas double-clutching shot at the rim. No. Tip follow for McClendon. No. Another rebound by Douglas with nine seconds. The Lions get it to Bateman with five. Santa Clara needs to foul and does so with 4.7. Damian Douglas with the offensive rebound. And the Lions with a chance to extend to a three-point lead with 4.7 to go. Bateman back to the line. 
And Manny, that was all about effort. McClendon and Douglas both in on the offensive rebound. 4.7 seconds to go. LMU 71, Santa Clara 70. One more free throw here for James Bateman. That one is good. It's a two-point lead for the Lions as Santa Clara has to go length of the floor. Inbounds into Edie. Edie turning up court. Two seconds to go. Stumbling. Fires it up. Nowhere close. And the Lions win 72-70. to Tosh Edie just slipped and really had no good look at the basket. And the Lions overcome a 20-point deficit to win 72-70, finishing the game on a 7-0 run. So what a moment and what a finish there on senior night for the Lions. One of their 12 wins at home in Gersten Pavilion, 12-4 on the home floor. Really a fantastic effort from the Lions all year long at home. And even their home losses were very close, hotly contested games. Of course, the game against Gonzaga really comes to mind where LMU had the Bulldogs within their sights a, a two-point game with four minutes to go against a team that ultimately made it to the Elite Eight. So the home floor was very kind to the Lions this year, which is the mark of obviously a good team when you're able to protect home court. A 22-win team, they got 12 of them on their home floor, including that thrilling win on senior night, and that helped propel them into the Roman College Basketball Invitational. While the Lions, with their 22 wins, had such a great home record, they weren't too shabby on the road either. They were 8-7 and seven on the road this season, and they were able to pick up that eighth win in the CBI tournament against Cal Baptist in the first round of that. After bowing out in the West Coast Conference tournament, the Elmley Lions responded with another close and thrilling ball game, this one against Cal Baptist. We're going to take you through the final moments of that one where the Lions down by two. They go inside to Matias Markison, and he does the rest. And the Elmley's de defense, as they always did, uh, came through in the end. So another very exciting finish. This was LMU getting their first postseason victory since 2012 in that win against Cal Baptist. So check that out. Crosses the midcourt sideline. Bateman at the top of the key. Right wing for Damian Douglas. Back up top to Bateman. Pump fakes on the three. Goes inside for Markson. Turn around. Baby up. Counted and a foul. He flung it from his waist and got it to fall off the glass from straight away. Fouls on Barag, his third. Eighth team foul and a chance for Markson to put the Lions back in front. 33.2 seconds to go. That's to give it a little encouragement. Free throw for Markison is good. Clutch free throw from the big man. And the Lions back in front by one. 56, 55, 33 seconds to go. Gets in to Smith. Pump fakes on the three. Throws up a desperation three. Nearly banked in. Loose ball poked away and picked up by the Lions. And LMU hangs on to win. 56 to 55. So that victory, as mentioned, allowed LMU to pick up their first postseason win since 2012, helped them advance and pick up their 21st victory of the season at that time, and a big-time play there for Matias Markison, the, the seven foot three junior. Such dramatic strides in his game, really saw it at the end of last season. He carried that over to this year, an all-West Coast Conference honorable mention player, and he should have a really good senior season in store for him next year. Just such a great guy and a hard worker, and he came through in the clutch there for the Lions when they needed a big basket and a free throw for a seven foot three player to shoot 77% on the year from the line. That was a big part of the Lions' success this year. They had a lot of games that came down to free throws at the end, and Mike Dunlap, head coach, would tell you last year that wasn't the case. There would be a lot of misses at the line. This year, that was much different and a big part of why the Lions were able to win a lot of close ball games, just like that one against Cal Baptist. So that allowed the Lions to 
win that first round in the CBI tournament. It gave them another chance to showcase their seniors and players back on their home floor one more time as Bateman, Herman, and McLennan got one more chance, as did the rest of the team, to show out in front of the home fans and show out they did. They had a route of Brown LMU, shot the ball well the entire night, draining a ton of threes and getting a nice highlight play from one of their seniors, Peter Herman, driving from the three-point line down the lane for a one-handed jam to really break the game open with about seven minutes to go. So here's a nice play from Peter Herman in the Lions' final win of the year against Brown. It was an 81-63 win to advance to the semifinals in the Rowan College Basketball Invitational. So here's Peter's jam right here in the LMU Basketball Podcast. Led by as much as 15, Herman. Little ball fake down the lane to the rim, one-handed jam. And that ignites the crowd and forces a timeout for Mike Martin and Brown. 16-point lead is the largest of the night with 5.55 to play. Peter Herman, the senior, got the step down the lane and had enough to rise for the jam. So Peter Herman, as we mentioned, such a nice end of the season for him and end to his Lions career. He played very well and pretty much any opportunity that he got and showed out with a nice slam dunk there. And that'll take us to our final highlight of the year. Mention LMU, of course, suffered the tough luck loss against South Florida, but did not mean the game was without its moments. LMU, of course, as we mentioned, came back from a 15-point deficit. Uh, and here is one of the plays in that key rally, a three-pointer from Eric Johansson, who also had a nice finish to the season as a, a long ball threat for the Lions and wouldn't be complete without, without a little... Trabian. So here's Eric Johansson knocking down a big three ball for the Lions in their last game against South Florida. Takes it to David Collins. Lions in a rotating 2-3 zone defense. As redo. Working on the right wing. Kicks it out to Collins. Pump fakes on the three. Hops to the lane trying to dish inside. Pass deflected by Williams and taken away by Eli Scott. The Lions force the 10th turnover of the ball game for the Bulls. Douglas kicks to a wide open. Johansson left corner three. Three BN. Eric Johansson from downtown. It's an 11-0 run for the Lions and a four-point ball game just like that. Seven minutes to play. And LMU has come back to within four, 44-40. So there you have it, Eric Johansson knocking down the three. Little Trey BN for the Lions to come back in that ball game and really, even in the loss, put forth a great effort in their final game, which is really what we saw all season long and mentioned it on the last broadcast of the year. But uh, really thankful for everyone that tuned into Lions basketball this season. If you came out to a lot of the games or you were listening on the radio or any of the video streams, uh, sincerely appreciated, of course, as mentioned. This team puts in a lot of work and, you know, I take pride in trying to bring the best broadcast possible. So it's always a, a tough moment when the season comes to an end just for all the work that's put into it. But uh, as we mentioned, this was one of the most rewarding and gratifying seasons for the team, I'm sure, in a long time, and for myself to be able to work through some of those tough seasons and see this team come through that with the 22 wins was really something special. So it was a, a really a fantastic year. So we said no hanging of the head, no disappointment. This is hopefully just the first step in a building block for this program to continue to perform at this level of success as we go forward. So uh, an amazing year, and we're happy that if you uh, came along for any of it, and we're happy that you're tuning in here to kind of catch up on it on the LMU Basketball Podcast. As mentioned, we're going to keep this podcast rolling in the offseason. We'll obviously keep up to date if we are going to miss any weeks, but uh, we have a lot coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, 
couple of good guests lined up in the next few weeks. So I'll give you just that teaser. Stay tuned to my Twitter, as mentioned, Jesse underscore Cass, for any updates on that. And of course, follow us on at Believe Podcasts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now you can find us at Believe.com, and we're available on any of your favorite uh, directories, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Please subscribe to the show, rate us five stars and review. All the very nice reviews have been uh, great for us, and we really appreciate all of our listeners and, and fans here on the LMB Basketball Podcast. So uh, thank you for doing that, and continue to do so if you're just jumping in. Uh, we have a lot of content here, not only on the Believe Podcast Network, but on this show. If you haven't tuned in a lot, we've had a ton of great guests Going back to the first show with J.D. Dubois, Autumn Jacko, Shamar Johnson, Taylor Walker, Quan No, Stephen Haney Jr., Jeff Strom, Jeff Lampy, and Jordan Alcantar. All amazing guests on the show, and we have many more lined up coming up here in the offseason. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Only Basketball Podcast. We thank you again for tuning in. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, know you're listening to the Elmy Lions Basketball Podcast here only on the Believe Podcast Network's LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.